0: Hey everyone, my name is Rhys Ulick, and you're listening to The Conscious Podcast.
1: Welcome to The Conscious Pod. My name is Carlos Cirillo, and this is your place to cultivate wisdom, awareness, life insights to raise your being and become more conscious in your daily life. Hello, Conscious boys and girls. Welcome to episode 53 of the Conscious podcast. I want to give a massive shout out to everyone that is listening right now. You guys are the best and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to this. I've been getting a heap of feedback on socials, um, people texting me, calling me, saying how much value they're getting from these episodes and that honestly means so much to me that you get something out of this. Like I love doing it. It is definitely a passion for me and and part of my purpose work and I love doing it so much. So to hear that it's actually impacting people's lives is just an incredible feeling. So if this is adding value to your life, you can definitely show your love by reaching out to me and letting me know. You can leave a rating, a five-star review or write a review. That would be amazing because that's what gets this out there to more and more people. That's what raises the consciousness of this planet. On this episode, I shared a conscious conversation with legend of a guy, Reese Ulick. Reese is a father and creator. We dive deep into topics including Reese's journey from school teacher to international model and beyond, his love for surfing and the lessons the ocean has taught him, realizing your purpose, having the choice on how you experience life, not becoming a victim to your circumstance, allowing pain to teach you, turning a breakdown into a breakthrough, forgiving yourself, understanding and moving past addictive behaviors, the impacts of shame and guilt, understanding not judging, giving back more, creating from your heart, conscious intimacy, and so much more. There were so many epic topics in this episode, I wish we could have talked for another hour. Reese is such an awesome guy with a genuine perspective on life. I love his attitude and message on self-acceptance and understanding you are enough as you are. A great example of owning your shit and living a conscious life. So much value in this episode. I really enjoyed this and I hope you do too. Before we kick off this amazing podcast episode, I am super excited to announce something that I have just launched for everyone listening. I've been cultivating this idea for a few weeks, and I wanted to give you all massive tangible value, somewhere where we could work together in a group to expand and raise our consciousness. I created the Craft Your Conscious Life 5-Day Challenge. Now, this will be a private group on Facebook where I will upload a live each day for 5 days on a different key topic. I've spent over 6 years and tens of thousands of dollars on investing in personal development, growth seminars, mentors, coaches, interviews on my podcast to find these five key steps that all these people that were fulfilled, conscious, and living the life they want to live that they were doing. And I implemented them in my life. And this has given me the incredible results and the conscious life that I love and live today. And I want to share that with you so you can be more intentional, more purposeful, more aware, and more conscious in your daily life. So all you have to do is go to the show notes and click down the bottom and there'll be a link to go straight to that Facebook group and apply to be in that. You can also go to Facebook and click on the groups tab and type in craft your conscious life five-day challenge and it will come up and you can click into that group. I cannot wait to share this with you and to see your conscious results. Reese, my man how are you? I'm very good thank you. I um
0: Yeah, can't complain. Sun's out today, I had a surf this morning, and and life's good. Awesome. Whereabouts Mm. did you go for a surf? A little beach called Surfy's Point, um, which is aptly named uh, for a surf beach, (laughs) and uh, yeah, it was fun, it was windy, but there was some little hollow barrels, and um, yeah, I, I actually made a point when I was walking down there this morning, a little whingy about the cold, I thought, no, this is what I want to be doing right Mm now. I don't care how much money I have in my back pocket, which I wouldn't have much if I was wearing a wetsuit, but (laughs) I'd still be doing this. Is that part of your morning routine? Always have a surf? It is. And uh, every day, and my wife will (laughs) attest to that. I used to be two times a day, but we've cut it back to one. But it's a healthy addiction to have, I find. It could be a lot worse. But sometimes I feel like I do it just for the sake of doing it. Um, More and more now, I'm trying to actually appreciate how lucky I am to be able to do that and call that my playground. Yep. And it's it's my parent, it's my meditation, it's it holds me and it mm. lets me express myself all at once, so it's cool.
1: Yeah, I've, I've mm. read a lot of things and heard a lot of podcasts and people talking about how it can get you into a flow state, mm. being in there. And like I haven't surfed much in my life mm. uh, and when I have, look, the two or three times I've actually gotten up on the board, it's like that feeling, you just want to chase that.
0: Yeah, it's it's incredible on so many levels, and I think that flow state is is one that's very poignant because if you think about it, the ocean <laughs> is an ever-changing beast. Every yeah. second, it's 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 moving, yeah. and so if you're not letting go to the process and actually getting fully in flow, you're not going to connect to the ocean. It just shows you how time is irrelevant as well because mm. when you're in flow with the ocean, you know what's going to happen. It's almost a sense of deja vu before it happens. Mm-hmm. So, and actually, I remember a quote my all-time hero Kelly Slater said, and, and you know, there's no mistake that he's an 11 times world champ, and hey mate, and um, uh, a lot of it is obviously talent, but for me most of it is his, is his connection to himself, and he said, you know, when I'm really on, it's almost like I know what I've done on the wave before the wave even comes to me, and I yeah. think that was quite significant, and a lot of people probably went over their heads, but you know, I was reckon I was about sixteen when he said that, and that's something that stuck with me forever. And I've, for a long time, I tried to work out what he meant, and and now I think I kind of get it. Yeah. If only I could surf like him, I'd, I'd be I'd be doing all right. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just practice every day. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's something beyond yeah. that. I've tried, I'm out there every day. <laughs> yeah. I'm like you like never a, know. Could be around the corner. Yeah. Maybe. So, what are you most excited about in life right now? I think right now I'm
0: most excited that. I have full creative control of my own destiny mm-hmm. that excites me and scares me at the same time because it means that i've got to do the work and i've got to take the steps um, and I've got no one else i c- I won't say well, I will say blame, but it's not about blaming, but i 've got nothing else to fall back on <laughs> other than my own creative expression, but that's what I've wished for and asked for for many years now, and I think now that it's in my
1: lap and um for the most part that really excites me awesome mm. so I've known you for a few years, yeah. not personally, but just online. I was wearing your clothes when you brought them out because right. they were yeah. awesome. I mm. think I was looking back through my Instagram, and there was one from like 2013. Wow, mm. possibly. Yeah, when we, did you we launch
0: in 2012? So yeah. that'd be right. Yeah. yeah, you're on board very early. Yeah, <laughs> very committed. <laughs> Big fan of the
1: singlets. Yeah, and then followed your journey, and you know, I think just then was when you came off the TV show. Then 2009, around 2009, so a little earlier yeah. than that. Yeah. And then following that and then just kind of touching base every time on Instagram and seeing what was happening with your life. You were traveling heaps. You were launching businesses, um, had a family and all these exciting things. And then there was a few things that happened, I think it was last year in America, Mm -hmm. that stood out to me where you became a lot more vulnerable about your story. You were opening up more online Mm. and that kind of caught my attention as well. And I was like, man, I need to... I've been following this guy for so long. I want to meet him. I want to catch up. I want to have this conversation conversation on the podcast and now we're finally here but i don't know too much about your story and for the listeners that don't know too much about you can you give us a wrap-up of your life from start to where you are now and everything that you're doing
0: well um okay i can um so born and raised on phillip island in victoria which is where we are right now um Looking back now, it's in a pretty incredible place to grow up. I feel like the natural elements act as another parent, and I and I actually had a really emotional moment in the in the water about a month ago where I just broke down and realised how lucky I was to have been raised by the ocean because it's such a constant. It's an ever-changing beast, but at the same time, it's a constant. And I think um, you know I grew up in a as a lot of people do in a fairly tumultuous parental relationship between my folks and um no better or worse than a lot of people but uh, as as a kid I was pretty sensitive and I think that having the constant of of the of the natural surrounds that Phillip Island has really helped me more than I had ever realized anyway so grew up my old man's from Austria um came over here when he was 30 started a mechanical business on Phillip Island which he had for 30 years um yeah, well maybe a little less. But anyway, my, my uh my folks split up when I was I think fifteen and um that that, that stuck with me and, and and uh I didn't see my dad for quite a few years. So um that really played a part in I don't know, I guess it was a trauma at that stage which um came up later in life for me. But um Left the island, went to uni. remember thinking, I can't wait to get off this place. You know, when you grow up, you kind of really want to see the rest of the world. And um, yet studied um, television documentary at university and then moved on to teaching um, and uh, became a primary school teacher. Hated um, the back end of being a primary school teacher, but just loved hanging out with kids. I felt like um, I could truly be me in front of kids and I, I remember my first job i was hired as a pe teacher i knew nothing about, i was like a baby giraffe i knew nothing about sports i was big and <laughs> lanky and fairly uncoordinated um and when we used to have class i'd literally just you know close the door put some music on and we'd just dance it was a primary school so you could kind of do whatever you wanted and, and it was just really nice to be seen to be seen and yeah. you know when you're around kids you're, Seen, you, you see each other, but there's no judgment or anything. So I think for me, I probably got as much healing out of it as anything and um, really loved that. And then um, by chance, I um, remember seeing a, a, a commercial uh, on, on Channel 7 advertising a new reality television show um, for models. And this, the key difference was this, whether it was boy, uh, guys and girls, and I think it was the first of its type. And... Um, Hopefully I'm not waffling on too much and trying to skip over years. And uh, (laughs) and anyway, I remember noticing it but kind of dismissed it. Anyway, my mother and my girlfriend at the time, Claire, who is now my wife, um, really wanted me to to try out for it. Um, I dabbled in modelling previously and I was not unhappy teaching but I felt there was more. I felt like there was more to it and um, I remember they printed out the forms for me to go and and apply for this show and um, I kind of dismissed it and didn't want to go and... I remember we were f- due to flight to Byron Bay the day of the audition. So I was like, no, I can't go. Anyway, the um, flight got delayed and I had a few hours to spare. And it, with, I thought, well, at least this way why I don't have to tell anyone. I'll go to the audition and no one has to know when I get knocked back. And there 40,000 bloody people at the, at, the, at the auditions over a national scale. And um, I remember I was lining up for about five hours so many people there and I was about to um, I had to pull a pin, I was like look I've got to go and one of the producers had spotted me walking out of the lines. like where are you going it's just a funny story this one actually I haven't told it so it's good to get it out <laughs> of my system and I was like uh, look I've got to get a flight to Byron Bay and, and he was like oh, can you just come with me he kind of rushed me in and um, I remember he just threw me in this room I remember, and I walked in the room and there's Jennifer Hawkins who's quite a well-known Australian figure and, and, and at that stage in particular very famous X-Miss Universe and kind of the face of Australia really and I rocked up with you know sandy feet and thongs on, and she's like, "Oh, can you just do a catwalk for me and I remember I actually literally fell over and onto my knees because my my thong had a blowout as I was walking <laughs> down there, which is you know the thong gave way and um anyway, long story short, they kind of dismissed me and, and they said, "Look, you know, stick to teaching kind of thing and 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 then I walked out and I was doing my post interview and then they they must have overheard me speak and 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 heard me give the interview and they're like, Oh, you, you really present yourself really well. Maybe you should come back in for a second look and anyway, and that was kind of that was it and then ended up winning the bloody thing, um, four <laughs> months later and, and that really I guess in a in a lot of ways changed the trajectory of my life and I ended up from being a primary school teacher in, in Newport in uh just near um Williamstown in Melbourne. Wow. And all of a sudden, you know, three months later I'm living in New York on a modelling contract and um yeah, I wouldn't say the world at my feet, but it, but a lot a lot had changed and um, had a lot of pressure on me. My relationship was under pressure, all of that. But you know, I, I had a new a new you know uh, direction, and I kind of uh, had to follow it through. So, yeah, that led to one thing, led to a fashion label that I started up, Tavita, which which you you know of and supported, and and um, and uh, yeah, and I think ever since then, I've I've really just wanted to know what, what else, what more, what, what else is there. And, um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, so that really kind of, uh, changed direction for me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Led me to where I am right now, I guess. And what are all the things that you're doing right now? What's your current mm. projects? Uh, at the moment uh, I'm, I'm building, uh, my, my family, uh, a shipping <laughs> container and shed home. So it's, uh, it, definitely nothing I imagined I'd be doing six months ago. And there's, and even saying it now, there's an element of me that's, a little bit of shame around it and I've, I've got to deal not deal with I've got to look at that because I think that I just you know I have a lot of high expectations of myself and sometimes I think obviously they the ego based and how I want to be perceived and what I want to be chasing um, but right now I'm, I'm building a base for my family and I'm using that as a creative expression and doing it the way I want to do it and for the most part I'm really enjoying that um, you know six months ago I was in LA auditioning for Warner Brothers and really decent shows, and back right now I'm back on Phillip Island building a, a, a container home. So for me it's a it's a it's a sh- it's a shift again, mm-hmm. but um, but uh, I think it's accessing the same creative freedom that uh that I was chasing over in LA as well. So um, for me it's important to take away any um, preconceived idea of, as to what that needs to look like, and just yep. focus on the feeling and what it's doing for me. And strangely strangely I I spent the last year in LA chasing TV opportunities and I come home and build this container home and I have a TV production company come to me and say they want to film it so it's a real sign that you know you got to focus on following what drives you and, and also what is presented in your reality I mean I'm a father I have two kids and a wife and you know, I needed to come home and build these guys a base and in, in 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 giving into that and in doing that and doing it my way, I've probably had more T V opportunities than I did in a year in LA. So my sister said something to me recently and it stuck and she's like, if it's meant for you it'll find you no matter where you are. So mm-hmm. um that's something that's really um it kept me uh uh motivated of late. Um it doesn't matter where I am, even lowly Phillip Island down yeah. <laughs> south, you know, so um yeah awesome what doing. yeah
1: thanks for the wrap-up mm, <laughs> it's wow. good to know yeah. know that uh, that insight and that uh i guess history of, of what's happened along the way mm. would you say you are living your purpose yeah I, I i guess every
0: every minute of every day i've been living my purpose and i think that's uh, it's this conversation i have with my life a lot and my wife a lot um because i've always been someone that's like oh yeah but when i get here then i'll be able mm. to do that and mm-hmm. And and my wife has, on a surface level, had a lot more humble dreams than I have, but I think that of, of late I've realized that her dreams are just as significant as mine, and what she's accomplished and, and continues to accomplish every day is utilizing parenthood as a spiritual practice, yeah. you know, is just as important and she ma- has made me realize that everything that i've done in my life whether destructive or not has been living my purpose and mm-hmm. uh, i think that gives you great solace it 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 is a it, in a good way it takes the pressure off yourself to just yeah. let go to the process and enjoy the ride and and that doesn't mean taking you know your foot off the pedal and you know and just being lazy i think it's actually harder to do that i think it's harder to let go and to um to To let go that you can then see beyond the blinkers and let and see in your periphery and see what 's around you and then be resourceful to the opportunities that are everywhere and i I firmly now believe that everything that we ever need is is all around us, and I think <laughs> i 'm using this current house build as a way of exercising that yeah. belief system of mine that I can build this house purely by putting out there what I need and then looking around me for it to show up and that 's what 's happened thus far, so yeah, yeah, I think i 've always been living my purpose, and even right now. Um, chatting to you i'm i'm doing that yeah. and
1: hopefully you are too it, i 100% yeah. feel that <laughs> mm. what is success to you
0: that's a great question hmm um well success to me is is knowing that i'm enough for me and and maybe that's purely specific to my journey, but I think a lot of, a lot of people really <laughs> just want to creatively express to the world. They have mm-hmm. this thing inside them they want to get out and they want to express and they want to be seen. Whether yep. it's by one person or a million people, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. They just want to be heard from the truest, deepest of places. And I think that beyond that need is a need for them to know that I, in my in my truth, uh, am enough, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that for me, if I can be coming from a place of knowing that I'm enough, then I'm coming from a place where I can give back and until I am rooted in that place, it's very hard to
1: be able to give back, mm. yeah. And you can see that, like, I know I've been through it in my life where when we aren't coming from that place of truth, from that place of, you know, just is you or, or you could say authentically you mm. we're taking on other masks and other things trying to be something different to mm. try and be enough when mm. it's like you know that success is being enough who you are
0: yeah 100 percent. and the ego is a very cunning beast that will often you know and coming and finding that place that is truly you mm. is, is can be really challenging and, and and I think sometimes um sometimes um um you can you can be doing all the right things. you can be meditating naked on the foothills of Peru and think that <laughs> that's a terrible analogy, but yeah. you you can be doing all the right things that society yeah. says is, is that you should be doing to um find yourself and but even then the ego can kind of take over and take mm. control and I think that um yeah all, all, all i'm saying is is yeah finding that place of of truth is um it takes a lot of. A lot of effort, and I think there's many a time where the ego can hijack that. Even if it, you, you, th- I mean, even if you think that ah, it's hard for me, I don't, yeah, it's hard for me to articulate that. Actually, I just, we've well, been too negative on the ego. I think that um, I have to give it credit. It's, it's, it's a cutting bastard, and it's always around. And you, you can't, you can't uh, rest on your laurels and think, well, I'm doing all the right things on the surface, so I must be coming from a place of truth. I think yeah. that you've always got to be, not hard on yourself, but always got to be really honest with your intention yeah. and why you're doing what you're doing. And the ego can take over very quickly and enjoy the notoriety. Yeah. And I've found that, and I have to be always super, super honest with myself. Yeah. Mm.
1: How did you come to that realization, though? Because a lot of people continue that through their life. That'll just Mm. not having that realization of, hey, I need to check in with myself Mm. to then see if that's under control. Mm. Did you ever have that, especially going into something like modeling? Mm. Was there ever a time where that kind of ego, where maybe you lost your touch with with your your true self that that took over and you had to have like, I guess you could call it, lack of a better word, an awakening where it was like, hey, I need to come back to me.
0: Yeah. um Yeah. One thing that resonated with me when you were saying that is probably when I feel the need to have an identity or to to rest behind an identity, whether it's as a model or as a yoga guru or as a meditation coach or as a a runner of retreats and I've tried all of those and Mm -hmm. done all of those things and I've been me in all of those environments but I've also fallen behind the identity of all of those environments. So I think that a great way for me to do that is to check in with... um, With that and and, and my intention behind it, am I resting behind my identity here or is this really me behind this guise of of being that um, role? So uh, I remember modelling early on and I always felt very resentful to the whole industry because I felt like "Mm," my ego enjoyed it, massively enjoyed it. My soul felt (laughs) sad because I wasn't being seen... For me, um, you know, I don't mean that to be a sob story but I think that uh, for a lot of the time I didn't know why I resented being in that industry and I think it was purely because I wasn't giving myself the chance to be seen. Uh, I was letting my ego take over and, mm-hmm. and like a lot of people do and I have for a lot of my life. Um, yeah, and I think now I just look, look to um, whether I'm uh, hiding behind a role or I'm purely me in that role.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah. love that. What's a profound realisation you've had in your life that has caused, like, a massive, pivotal change for you?
0: Hmm. Oh, man, I feel like in the last couple of years in particular, I've had, like, realisation after realisation. <laughs> I feel like I've been in this vortex of realisation. And sometimes it can be really empowering, but it could also be like, fuck, am I ever going to get out of this <laughs> self-discovery thing? And can I ever, like, just step back to reality yeah. for a little while? Um, and also, uh, well... Okay, I guess one, I'll just go back to a recent one, and I feel like you know I've spent the last fair bit of time in L.A. Really, and in L.A., it's a place when you're really in your head and you're really like, um, you know, you are in a spiritual place in a lot of ways. You have the choice of going full ego and chasing Hollywood dream, or there's actually a lot of really spiritual people there, and um, it's a beautiful experience. And for me, I, I, I equate spirituality to being up in the air and being up Uh, in another realm and and ascending and all of that and you can get addicted to that sometimes because you can from your place in your seventh plane or wherever you are looking down at everyone and realising what they're all doing wrong and what you're doing right but then I think that what I started to realise that from up there I had a real disconnect to my my body and myself and I think a a real realisation was being forced to come back home to Phillip Island which for me is the most grounding place in the world and the shock that it felt to actually feel my feet on the ground Mm. again and it was a little bit it was a little bit humiliating um, to realize that, hey, up there on my, perched up on my spiritual high horse, I wasn't in my body. And I think that a realization for me was that we're in our human bodies and born in our human bodies for a reason. That is to integrate everything we learn up above into our bodies and into our human reality because we're meant to be enjoying humanity and the human experience. So that's something I've realized lately and tried to integrate into my life. And. Grounding is very important. I think yeah. we all want to escape and, and again maybe hiding behind the spiritual guys but mm-hmm. it's very important to ground and see what's around us and yeah. nature and people and pain and yeah. humanity and I think that's that's liberating I think. Yeah. yeah.
1: So how do you ground yourself apart from coming yeah. back here? How do you think yeah. people can help ground mm. themselves more?
0: Mm. Um, It's a a great question. Um, I think for me, um, yeah, location helps, I think. Um, It's very hard in a place like LA, which is very much... People are in their heads and up in the clouds. I think um, for me, I I need to come back to a place where I feel very grounded. Um, Being barefoot, which is what I am now, really helps (laughs) me as well. Um, And I think... Hmm. I think for me I'm very lucky that I have two kids you can't help but be grounded when you have two kids Um, mirroring back reality at you Um, and I think um, yeah just trying to instead of judging the world and where the world is and what you'd like to change about it put yourself back into the world and feel um, what's what's happening in humanity um, and I think with that you'll be automatically in a grounded place Yeah, I guess yeah. but that's a good question I don't, I don't entirely know the answer to that
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm. but you shared your experience and that's yeah. all we can yeah. Can offer what are you most proud of in life? Mm. I think I'm most proud of
0: um uh I think I'm most proud of whether I, whether I had any control over this or not, yeah. that I've that I've done work on myself to allow my kids to have a life of more self-awareness and more self-love, and um, I've probably been motivated by them to do that. But um, to. Um, Yeah, to to not be a victim to my own circumstance um, and to actually embrace it and be thankful for it. So that and also probably being a dad, I guess. um, And it's funny, you know, you you go through life and I'm someone that's very driven to succeed and and it's hard because on one level I feel like I've got all the happiness that I'll ever require right next to me in my my two children and my wife. But then finding the motivation to strive for more can sometimes be challenging and um, sometimes... Quite often I have to check in and think. Well, what part of me is this society driving? Is this society driving me for more, or is this coming from a place of my soul wanting to, you know, express or whatever it is? But um, yeah, probably my kids and also just doing the work. And again, I, I really don't know if doing the work is something I ever had a control over or not. If whether that was just part of my path. But um, you know, if I think about that too much, I'll self combust. But um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm proud that I was didn't become a victim to my circumstance. Mm. Yeah.
1: Love that. What is the worst thing that has ever happened to you? And how was that the best thing that has ever mm. happened to you? I
0: think the one that comes to mind straight away was it happened in Bali, um, which is a place I have a... Uh, like I always say to people when people ask about Bali, I say what you give it is what it gives you. Bali more than anywhere... Well, strangely, I actually have a really similar affinity between L.A. and Bali. And, and one's called Island of the Gods, the other's City of Angels. And I think mm. there's no mistake for that. I think they're both quite whew, enlightened and powerful places. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I look at my over my body and I have like 20 lots of stitches over my life. And I think 19 of them have happened in Bali. And, and Bali will really knock you around. If you go there and you need some waking up or need some grounding... Bali will find a way to give that to you mm-hmm. usually without killing you but it, you know uh, it, it can it can really knock you around and that's why a lot of people either love or hate Bali. a lot of people go to Bali and they have the worst experience they get sick they get robbed they get whatever and you know i don't want to put the mirror firmly back in their face but kind of the intention and the energy you bring to Bali you'll get back yeah. so a few years ago i think i was you know fairly much driven by ego and and fairly comfortable with with life. I had a good presenting job in television. I thought everything was going well. I had a, a marriage that was nice on the surface, but um, you know, I, I think I there's a lot of dishonesty on my behalf and a lot of shame, more so than dishonesty, um, that I was falling behind. And um, in a space of about two weeks, my grandma, who spent a lot of her life raising me, passed away, and my wife left me. Um, And, um, and I remember the, you know, I've, I've had to deal with a lot of issues of abandonment over my lifetime. It's something that part of my karmic cycle and as embarrassed as I've been to admit it, just something I've had to really sit in and, and, and and no man wants to be admitting that he's afraid of being abandoned, Mm. but a lot of us probably, well, I had it anyway. So, um, the, the process of losing my grandmother and then being abandoned by my wife, I actually remember thinking, I may die here. Um, I remember going, all my worst nightmares came at once, and I felt at that stage such a victim to circumstance and so angry at the world, but something in me, a deeper voice in me um, asked me to sit in it and just stay with it and I remember speaking to a few of my buddies about it and then them reeling back the victim thing of oh I can't believe she's done that and all of that and something in me was like no you know what I don't think that's the truth right now I think there's something deeper um, for me Yes, on the surface level it looks pretty bad but I know the shame I've carried and I know what that's done for our relationship and maybe there's something I need to learn here anyway I think the profound awakening I had from that experience. And I remember literally going to sleep the night. I, had, I left the family and, and went and stayed on my own somewhere north in Bali. And for the first time that I can remember, I felt my heart. And I felt my heart. And it was through pain, mind you. But I, it actually felt like it was beating out of my chest. It was a, a really incredible experience. And although I felt so painful, I felt more alive than I'd ever felt in my life. And I think that pain was the pain that my heart had been longing to feel and feel openly. And I think allowing that to come to the fore, um, made me feel alive, but also, um, brought upon visions of my capabilities in this life and mm. where my life could take me. And I remember having the most vivid visions and one of them was being in LA. Um, and one of them was, uh, just speaking openly. I remember having a vision of it quite similar to what I'm doing right now, actually being interviewed by someone and speaking, um, but it wasn't so much the vision, it was just the clarity of what I was feeling and and the truth of what I felt, even though on a surface level and what society would say, you know, it, it, what was happening to me was wrong. I think that it was, or oh, not wrong, but I, I should be a victim to it. It was perceived, the, as, yeah, bad. perceived as bad. Yeah, perceived as bad. And even now, I look back on that and there's a part of me it that's it's like, oh yeah, no, that poor me. But it was actually the most exhilarating profound experience of my life. So I remember writing a post and I, and I something along the lines of, you know, I, everything everything in my life that I had relied on was taken away from me. Um, but in that moment, I feel like I discovered the whole world. Mm-hmm. And I've discovered through me, and this is no not unusual, you know, but I discovered through me an infinite connection to way more than I could ever, ever imagine. And I think from there, that's kind of been the real tipping point for me to now Start writing truthfully, um, and if I'm going to share things to the world, really check in with my intention and make sure they're coming from, from me. Um, and, you know, I, I doesn't always happen, but I think that was a, a real pivotal moment for me, and strangely a moment where I probably could have self-destructed or gone one way, or, and luckily I, I decided to go the other. But uh, you quite often hear that, you know. A lot of people I remember, I think Eckhart Tolle, he says something quite similar where one day he woke up and, yeah, he kind of... it it goes from either having a mental breakdown to a breakthrough I guess and kind of happened for me as well yeah yeah,
1: Yeah. and it kind of flows in with what you were saying before about not being a victim of your circumstance like all these things happened you didn't want them to happen Mm. they're not like you woke up and went hey I want this to happen to these people in my family and all this stuff to happen to me especially after I guess going through the journey that you went through to get where you were at that time Mm. no one expects those things or wants them to happen but you it mm. happened, and mm. that's life. It's mm. gonna, things are just going to happen all yeah. the time. And mm. we can't control those things that happen, but we can tr- control how we react. Yes. And not being a victim of that. Because mm. if you did, mm. it probably would have spiraled even further down yep. the rabbit hole. Yep, yep. But you were like, no, I want to actually embrace this surrender to it mm. and learn the lessons through it to become a better human. Yeah. To live in my truth.
0: Yes. Yeah, and you wonder whether those experiences and those situations happen... Purely as a chance for you to learn or you can learn in any situation no yeah. matter what. So I don't know which is which yeah. comes <laughs> first but, uh, but either way I think um, there's something very profound in that. And, you know, I'm not about victim blaming or anything. I just think within every situation there's an opportunity to learn yeah. um, and if you are vulnerable to that you'll know what your lessons are mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean taking full responsibility for anything. It's just taking yeah. what's yours and it's actually from my experience, can be the most exhilarating and profound experience, uh, you know, uh, happening to to be able to do
1: that. Yeah. Hmm. It comes back to a question I was talking about with my friend the other day is, do you believe everything happens for a reason or everything happens and you give it reason?
0: Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. And I'm I'm kind of glad that I don't. And I think that just, for me, solidifies the magic of life. I don't Mm -hmm. know if things have already happened or they're happening as we speak. And like we spoke about before with the ocean, are they... Have they already happened, or are you that much in flow that it's the same thing, and you, all of that kind of stuff is is the magic of life, isn't yeah. it? You know, really, and I don't think any of us will ever know the answer. Mm-hmm. But shit, it's nice to ponder it. Yeah. And you know, and now having kids, I mean, I'm believing the Easter Bunny again and Santa. And yeah. I'm like, well, if I can believe in that stuff, well, then yeah. I can believe in
1: anything. And, yeah. um, and on top of that, believe in yourself. Yes, in your truth. True. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. Mm-hmm. It's exactly even when you're not
0: connected to it, you have mm. to you have to believe in it.
1: Mhm. Yeah. What is the best advice you have ever been given?
0: Mm. Probably forgive myself. And that might just be specific to me, but you know, I've carried a lot of shame and self-hate throughout my life that it's been so deep-seated and hidden behind guises of materialistic and aesthetic things that look great on the surface, but um, beyond that I had a lot of shame that um, ignited some pretty self-destructive behaviours that without forgiving myself I, they wouldn't cease to exist and that developed into a lot of addiction for me and um, yeah, and I'm just so thankful that someone once yeah, really uh, gave me permission to, to, to forgive what I had done and know that that wasn't all of me and that was a part of me that we all we all have darkness Mm. we all have shame guilt um, but to acknowledge that but know that that wasn't all of me was everything you know Mm. Um, and I think once I did that I attracted more and more people into my life that saw the light in me you know but if I sit in the dark then that's all I'm going to attract so yeah forgive myself was very profound
1: yeah so how did you do that was there a process of Forgiveness? Was it, you know, I've heard of forgiveness letters. Um, yeah. Was there a process to it? I think for me, it started with that situation in
0: Bali and almost, there was a, I carried a lot of shame before that and then allowing what happened to me to happen and then find forgiveness for... Others in that environment, it allowed me to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. So that was really profound. I think that then uh, once you open your mind to that, and then I think you'll have opportunities to continue that process. I, I took did an ayahuasca retreat in the desert of Arizona last year, and very much that that thing came up um, for me. The, a lot of darkness, uh, family history, darkness that I think had led to self hate. Um, uh, again, I don't want to be a victim of it, but I think I have to acknowledge that it was there. So that was fairly profound. Um, it's a really good question, because I think I'm still really, mu- very much working on it. Um, and... Um, obviously, a big part of my forgiveness was learning, finding a way to stop my self-destructive behaviour and, and stop, stop or try and be in control aware of my addictive behaviours and look into my addiction and find where that was coming from. You know, and and for me, I had a lot of problems with, and I don't mind saying a lot of problems, I had what I'd call a a pretty significant sex addiction, which sounds like every man's dream, really, but it almost killed me Um, because every addiction, you know, you're just chasing connection to oneself or Mm. you're chasing the same thing it's not what what you're chasing isn't bad it's the dysfunction in which you find you have to do it because you don't think you're enough if that makes sense and Mm. for me it's always come down to knowing that i'm enough well then it's acceptance yes yeah will then change the course of that dysfunctional behavior so um yeah um, a, f- a few things, but I think once I open my mind to it, then the opportunities arose for me to deal with it. But yeah. right now I can say that I'm in a place where I have real forgiveness for myself and and that forgiveness has really allowed that dysfunctional behavior to cease. Um, yeah. And from there becomes empowerment and then becomes yeah. willingness to share
1: and then willingness yeah. to be open and be vulnerable and then just domino effect. Yeah. You know? And I think that's mm. important for anyone listening that you had to acknowledge that it was there yeah. because you can be doing uh, have habits that are dysfunctional that are Mm. just I guess self-sabotaging as well Mm. to your journey and what Mm. you want Mm. acknowledging that that they're there Mm. but then understanding why because I believe there's a cost benefit and loss to everything we do whether it's procrastinating whether it's sex whether it's drugs alcohol there's a benefit that we get from it Yeah there's also a loss yep. and once you figure them out and then figure out like why are you actually doing it yep. where did it come from or what's that yep. telling you in your mind and then being able to reprogram that through could be through many different ways NLP but even just changing that belief yep. forgiving yourself yep. then oh. you can move through it yep. but if you keep ignoring it and resisting it yep. it's going to keep coming up in your life and yep. I've, I've seen it in my life through sex as well yeah. Um, yeah through trying to achieve so many different things, mm. um, through and it was putting a lot of pressure on me. And it wasn't until I kind of sat back and went, well, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's fun, mm. but it's a pattern that's coming up in my life. Mm. And I see this pattern come up and it's restricting me from what I want, yep. what I actually yep. want. Yep. And it was like, I don't want this pattern to, yep. to continue. Mm. And it, in terms of like the sex one and all that, or even commitment yep. to, in a relationship mm. and stuff like that, I had to acknowledge that and go, from my past, mm. what happened in my past mm. that has put this pattern in play mm. that now holds me back yep. from certain things happening yep. in my life? Like allowing someone in my life to yep. to love them and commit to them and, and um, yeah, it was a, it was a massive realisation. Yeah, it's an interesting
0: one. Um, it, it's stopping you from getting what you want in life and it makes you realise that maybe a part of that dysfunction was purely self-sabotage and, and that's coming from a place of, well, I don't deserve this, so I'm just going to keep this <laughs> behaviour going to stop to stop it mm-hmm. um so i think that was definitely a big part of it for me but um yeah hearing you know for me obviously the sex addiction is is not a great thing but having it in a marriage with two kids and the shame that that can bring upon mm. but they're not perceivably not being able to stop it it yeah. r- almost tore me apart but yeah. the minute that i actually found a place of forgiveness and understanding what I was trying to do in that act was the most liberating beautiful experience and my wife yeah. helped me get to that stage which is yeah. it says a lot about her character and her, yeah. her, her awareness um, and your relationship and as our well. relationship yeah. you know we, we could write a book on it one day but um, yeah so I think um, even in the midst of my dysfunction I had to find a place to understand it and um, not judge it even while I was in it even mm. while I was in it I had to that was probably the turning point when I was like alright I know what I'm doing right now and I, I'm going to find a place of love for myself in this moment uh, that changed a lot yeah. um, and then that kind of helped me not need it anymore because yeah. that's what I was chasing it was just love and heart and connection and it sounds like a silly way to go about it but unfortunately that's what addictions. Mm. Or, you know uh, stem from mm. no matter what addiction I think it's all the same thing really mm. oh we could dive so deep on that that's for another chat yeah, for sure <laughs>
1: what advice would you give your 16 year old self
0: uh, the, oh, yeah, I mean it's probably a real theme of this chat but um yeah I would say forgive yourself even though at that stage at 16 years of age I would understand what that meant but I think if at later in life, would have saved me a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, I would say, forgive yourself, and you're enough. Yeah. Mm, sound, sounds very Amazing. morbid, yeah. but, but I think that, that, for me, that's been a real, um, a real lesson for m- in my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. How do you think people can become more fulfilled in life?
0: This is, yeah, it's something that I s- maybe struggle with, but I think... I think by you know I think one of the biggest life hacks is by giving back you receive and I think the more that I sometimes it's so hard when you're coming from a place of lack or what you haven't got to fucking get off your own high horse and just give (laughs) back first but I'm not saying the amount of times it works it works every time you know but as humans we still struggle to to keep doing that over and yep. over again. Um, well, I tr- I struggle with that. I, I really do. I mean, part of me sharing my writing on on social media is, I guess, a form of of giving back and putting myself out there. Giving back can be anything; It doesn't have to be monetary or time. It can just be by giving your soul, you mm. know, and putting out there your truth to the to the world. So, yeah, by by giving back, it <laughs> it's, it unlocks receiving. It unlocks connection to oneself. It takes away ego. It's it's the most Profound life hack of all time I think yeah but yeah giving back doesn't have to <laughs> look like anything yeah it, it's, it's various but it's just about getting out of your own way really yeah. Yeah. it's
1: your form of giving yeah it is yeah. it is and we've yeah. all got a unique thing to it, give yeah. and share yeah. yeah if this was the last time you've seen me and I asked you to teach me something tangible that I can use every day in my life to improve my life what would you teach me mm. Teach you to?
0: would yeah. teach you to listen to the animals <laughs> and nature and realize that they're just as important messengers as us humans. And they're giving us messages every second of every day. Mm-hmm. And how lucky that you feel when you realize that, that there is so much support around you and some of it is unspoken. Um, and much of it is in in nature and um yeah i'd say you 're not alone and and at any given moment there is there's support around you in animal human moon sun ocean nature form yeah. um, it 's all here
1: supporting you, yeah, so mm. listen, listen to everything around mm. you mm. Ah, beautiful. Mm. How can we find our purpose?
0: Oh, I think that, we, as I said before, we're already living our purpose. I think by finding our purpose, we can quite simply look at the things that, the, the common themes throughout our whole life that have kept showing up, whether they're dysfunctional or not. Yeah. For me, I look back to my sex addiction and I look to what I was trying to chase, and that was truth truthful honest connections and 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 so yes even in my dysfunctional addiction I was living my purpose so Mm. um, it was only by finding forgiveness and understanding in that that I've been able to pick those common themes and think well if what I was trying to do was find connection and 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 truth and have authentic real experiences with people um, how can I do that in everyday life Mm. in my reality without hurting people so, yeah, I think that um, for people to realize that it's not something they're trying to attain. They've been living their purpose their whole life. Yeah. And just to look at it through really honest, vulnerable eyes and find that theme because yeah. it's there. Even in what they perceive as their most shameful moments. It's probably actually when it's most prevalent. Mm. I think it's when it's most prevalent, when, when at the times you don't want to look back on. Yeah.
1: But it's looking deeper into yeah. it. What it's what not what just yeah. the surface no, level of no. no. what's happening. Yeah. It's the deeper, yeah. like you're saying, the feelings of yeah. connection, yeah. Yeah. of love. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think you have to have a lot of courage to look at that and think, "What was my soul trying to achieve there? Mm. What was I really chasing?" Because we're we're all good at heart. We're all yeah. we're all trying to connect. And you know, I think that yeah, I think that the shame shame is is such a big part of um, uh, societal dysfunction and fear based living. You know, and I think if we can forgive, <laughs> if I even. I fucking thought of Donald Trump when I was saying that you know I think even if <laughs> he could find the, the 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 love and forgiveness within himself yeah, a lot would change um, shame breeds fear and fear just breeds more fear really yeah. so yeah um, I, I, I digress but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <coughs> what's a big problem you think needs to be talked about more in society
0: hmm I, I'm very very interested in the whole intimacy-ish uh, debate at the moment and mm-hmm. s- particularly probably from a men's perspective considering I'm a, I'm a man um, I've, I've been in a you know, 15 year relationship on and off with a lot of issues and so you know just life's journeys but I believe that as men and you know I'm not going to speak on behalf of women but as men we need to Allow ourselves to have intimate intimate connections with the world on a daily basis, and that doesn't have to mean physically. I think that when men either become dysfunctional and find they need to uh, cheat or or or, or um, transgress in dysfunctional ways, it only hurts themselves on mm-hmm. a on a um, on a greater scale in their work life, home home life, also. So I think that if we can find a way to open up our relationships but not doesn't have to be in a physical way so I still believe in monogamy I just feel like um intimacy needs to be the word int- intimacy needs to be um and, and it and it doesn't it means opening your heart to the world and I think that um if men and women can bring that into their everyday lives and to their relationships um uh they can it, it'd be a much more empowering place to be um but I, but at, just being a man and having been in a relationship for many years, I know how dysfunctional so many relationships are and how they're just breeding grounds for shame and for yep. numbing, self-numbing, and, and so many marriages are unhappy, and it's not because of the marriages. It's because of the constraints that we put on ourselves to mm. not open up to love from men, women, all around us every day. Um, so that's something I really want to write about um, at some stage soon. I look
1: forward to mm. it. Cheers! <laughs> we could, again, we could yeah. go into another podcast yeah, conversation yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. What impact do you want to have on people, the community, and the world?
0: Uh, I think I just want to get them thinking. Yeah. Um, and you know, even just what I spoke about just then, I find myself kind of curling back up, thinking, "God, that, you didn't articulate that well at all. Are you sure? Are you sure that's right?" <laughs> but I think just even raising those topics, yeah. and if I get through to one person, and and help one person's communication at home with their husband and that's a great thing. So I just want to raise topics not to be a uh, to to rock the boat but just yeah. to get people thinking that maybe there's more and maybe my husband isn't such a bad person and maybe what he's chasing is okay and vice yeah. versa and doesn't have to be in a in a in a relationship status b- thing but um yeah, I just want to I want to raise questions and uh, not through fear but just through empowerment and love. Yeah,
1: empowerment, mm. curiosity. Mm. Getting, getting on a, a curious, deeper, soul-level connection yeah. with yourself and everyone around yeah. you. Yeah,
0: yeah. And get people being comfortable in the uncomfortableness, yeah. I think, is really key. Because that's where the, that's the juicy stuff yeah. is. That's, that's where the, the, the growth, growth... Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it really is. And, and I struggle a lot in the uncomfortableness. I, I'm so quick to flee. Yeah. Um, even when I know that this is probably a place of growth right here, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to flee most of the time, but... Yeah. Um, that's where the good stuff is.
1: Yeah, mm. love that. What yeah. does it mean to be conscious?
0: Hmm. Well, wow, that's a tough one. I don't know. I mean, hmm. there's a million different answers for that, and I'd almost say that. I, I hate to even put a label to it because it means it's, it's ostracizing and I'm coming from a place of really wanting to ground and reassert myself in humanity at the moment so I don't want to disassociate from anyone because mm-hmm. I feel like we're all living our purpose, we're all doing the best that we can with, with what we have and we're all trying to be conscious. To be conscious is probably just to... <laughs> I keep going, this is a theme of this bloody thing, but just to come from a place of their own truth and 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 put that out into the world without any any masks or or you know so just people creating from their heart is being conscious i think you know whether it's a lady painting in her own back shed and putting that out into the world or this guy in the kitchen right now putting his heart and soul into the meals that he's creating i think that's being conscious
1: um
0: How often we do that on a daily basis. Yeah, some people do it more than others. But I feel like as humans, our true freedom comes from when we're able to create and be conscious. So I think that we all strive to do that. Yeah. Humanity isn't such a bad place to be. Yeah. We're all okay. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Love that perspective. So where can people see more of your stuff? Your Uh, writing, your projects, all of that?
0: Well, I have had such a. I've had such a funny relationship with social media in the last few years, in particular Instagram, you know, in a world of influences and all of that, and what you focus on is what will come into your reality, and I think I've been really resentful of Instagram of late, um, but only now, I I'm, I'm. I think once you have a message you need to share, and you feel is important to share, then... You kind of embrace it again because Mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful platform to be able to do that. And I think for a while when I was caught between ego and heart, um, there was no connection. So yeah, for me, I think it's Instagram. I'm I'm about to release weekly episodes that I've edited myself of our house build. And it's not about the house build. It's about the deeper messages that are within Mm -hmm. that. And that's my portal at the moment to communicate with the world. So um, pretty soon on IGTV, I'll, I'll have some weekly episodes coming up. And that's been really fun. And also my writing, again, I, I release on Instagram. So I, I guess that's my curated, but hopefully truthfully curated um, expression to the world. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be curated, um,
1: but I want it to be with the right intention. Yeah. Mm. And an impactful, truthful yeah. message.
0: Yes, yes. I need to work on sharing my vulnerability more often
1: and um, I'm doing that. I'm trying, mm. yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate it in this. like, That's one of the things I've written down as like to wrap this up like thank you for being so real raw honest vulnerable and I can see it made yeah. you uncomfortable sometimes to share it and like I get it I've been there before as well where yeah. it's made me uncomfortable to share things on here like some of the conversations I've had on this podcast are yeah. just like if my mum hears this yeah. she's going to know everything no, about that's me So true. and it's crazy but every time I've opened up and being Mm. vulnerable like yourself like that it's a vulnerability hangover isn't it yeah Yeah. well it's that conversation that we've just had where i've gone oh shit i'm not alone yeah yeah, yeah. you've had that too
0: it's so hard for you to voice that and i think that when you hear one person say oh fuck i felt that too it makes it all worthwhile Mm. but it's that that moment between between you voicing it and then the crickets nothing coming back it's (laughs) the hardest (laughs) moments in your life and even, yeah, I still feel uncomfortable about even sharing yeah. stuff. But it's why I'm here. It's why we're yeah. all here. So, yeah, wouldn't yeah. change
1: it for the world. 100%. And mm. like thank I was you. saying, like I appreciate you taking the time to catch up. I know we've been planning this for like a year, yeah, a but we've made it happen. Yeah, yeah we have. <laughs> but it's like everything you've shared had so much, I felt, had so much truth to it. And there's messages in there that are going that have impacted me, but I know will impact other people that right. listen to this podcast. So thank you so much for your time and for sharing those and just living your truth and your light, like going through all that shit, but then coming out of it and going, this is what I want to do. I don't want yeah. to be a victim of it. I want to share that and allow that to be a message for others.
0: Cheers, mate. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time and coming down too. It was, yeah. it
1: was good you are so welcome Yeah. (laughs) so if you've liked this episode if anything has triggered you inspired you if you've related to anything reach out to Reese. reach out to myself would love to hear it and take a screenshot upload it everywhere we want to see that you guys are listening to this conversation and getting something out of it and until next time everyone take care and be nice peace see you guys thank you so much for taking the time to listen in on our conversation Hopefully you got some insights and values to raise your awareness. If you like the podcast, please like, share on social media and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. I would really appreciate it. You can also keep up to date on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Uh, Both handles are at theconsciouspodcast and also my personal account, which is at carlo__cirillo. Until next time, take care and be nice.